I'm Marco. I'm Lea, and welcome back to Post-it Talks. How are you, Lea? I'm good. I'm very good. Today we have with us someone from far away, uh, Andreas Magnussen Gris. Is that how you say your name? That's perfectly fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> welcome. How are you? I'm good. Thank you very much. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> very good. Thank you. So you used to go here at the Design School Calling. I did. I am graduated back in 2021 mm-hmm. um, in uh, in August uh, from the bachelor program. Yeah, in industrial design, right? Yes. Yeah. In industrial cool. design. So, starting with your education, why did you decide to do an industrial design degree? I am. Um, I have no high school. Um, I've um, I've been in the army. I've done some aid work. I've had different jobs. And then I learned 3D, and um, I, w- I worked for this guy called Jorge, a very, very nice guy. And he was like, you you need to become an industrial designer because you're you're good at this rhino stuff. And I was like, okay. And then he sent me to university. Um, I entered at second quota, meaning I entered without an, uh, a high school degree. I entered on um, work experience. Okay. Um, and that was that was how I, I got into it. Um, and I, I, I like designing. I, I, I like product design especially. Um, I entered wanting to make prosthetics. Okay. Tell us more about that. How did you get into that realm? Well, there, there, there are, I don't remember the numbers anymore, but, but every day thousands of people lose limbs, especially in, in, in Africa um, and uh, some places in Asia where it's very bad, right? Cluster munitions and stuff like that. And they're so expensive. So the idea was to make a system to create cheap prosthetics that could reach faraway places and, and high stress. And that was that was kind of the dream. I wrote my bachelor project about that. Uh, so that was that was like what I did. But I also knew I would return to my boss. And after I was done, I also did um, go there. I um, I also did some education at the FGU where I um, I taught innovation and um, sustainability and um, upcycling design and modular design and stuff like that. Yeah, very exciting. So what did you think about the schooling here? How did it impact you as of today? Well, I use a lot of it. Like um, I've always been good with 3D. And now, and I've always thought my 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 future would be in three D, um, complex uh, schematics and and models, but but now I I like ninety percent of my work is processes from the design school, like theories. So like the first thing you learn, kill your darling. Mm, <laughs> never yeah. been more relevant. Uh, never been more relevant than when you work in in Greenland. Again, two thousand. Just this commune, two thousand kilometers of coastlines. You have icebergs. You have tsunamis, like thirty meter waves. You have um, collapsing mountains, mudslides. Some days you don't have power. Some days you don't have um, have uh, food because some huge hotel decided to buy every single potato in this city, and you need a ship to travel from <laughs> Denmark to here before you have again. Um, and like. That reality just means every kind of budget and every kind of plan that just collapse sometimes because of nature. Mm. You might want to produce 30 uh, tons of concrete or, or 
uh, to to build something a road and then the snow falls the machine can't run it's too cold stop two months early that's just a reality so mm. constantly you kill your darlings every day you make plans <laughs> you look at the numbers you look at transportation lines and every day you gotta be allow yourself to kill a five-year plan that you work really hard for and say this is not going to work the environment just changed or the politicians changed or the budget changed because crisis scenario somewhere somewhere you need to use that money to to close a hole mm. um and it really helps me i i have again i have a um, engineer partner and i have my chief and i can feel when everything collapse around us i am the least stressed oh good well i'm not sure if we mentioned it but you moved to greenland yeah exactly right yeah i did yes. i did yeah. <laughs> and um, what, what's your job there um, I'm an environmental official for the commune of Avenatta. Um, I look at everything with the environment. Um, I help not write the laws, but write the laws and send them to the politicians for review. And then they vote ra rather if this should be or shouldn't be laws. Um, okay. Greenland this year just decided to try and meet the uh, EU's emissions um, plan. And that's going to be part of my job. Every incineration plant, every dam, every household, um, the sewer systems, the um, transportation of goods, the pollution from mining and shipping and tourism, all of that needs to be weaved together in an environmentally friendly way and in a way that does not pollute the water and food sources of the inhabitants. So you kind of went into... Uh... I wouldn't say a design kind of work, but it's definitely uh, makes sense for a designer to be there. So how did you end up in this uh, this position? My fiance is from Greenland and she was like, at some point, we're going to live in Greenland. <laughs> um, and, and I was looking for a job and I found this job. And they were looking for engineers, Arctic engineers, geologists, biologists, or some kind of environmental planner. It didn't say industrial designer, mm -hmm. but when I read through the job descriptions, it was like process optimization, sustainability, goals for, for how you can plan production and, and make new products for certain problems and stuff like that. So you still make product and like you still design product or is a more... A project managing uh, role? So technically, I design processes, right? Um, process design, um, which is a big part of industrial design. I, I did that also when I was at the school. Um, we do design processes, but I also make products um, less, but I make them. There are cities in the north part of Greenland, um, like where there is eight, eight months of year, there is hardly any running water, um, much bottled water. There are no sewer systems due to permafrost. So when you can't sail that much, when you have a lot of permafrost and you can't have sewers, there is no running water. How in the world are people going to get off their waste? You can't burn it because that's polluting. It does not meet the um, uh, CO2 emission plans for the yeah. EU, stuff like that. And then you have to design a, a toilet solution for the the north part of the Arctic, like what? And it's got to be affordable. So we spent like I think 
a week at least with scientists from seven, eight different countries, Finland, Norway, Sweden included, but but also Argentina and stuff like that in Sisimut, a town, to try and come up with and design products to solve these extreme environments where people live in a in a good way. Um, but it is mostly process. Yeah. Super challenging, super interesting. Definitely. Greenland is really like um, a very different place from... Uh, Denmark especially, but from the rest of the world. Uh, how is it your daily daily life? Like what possibility there are in Greenland or like in this some kind of extreme place that designer can be part? It, it very, like there isn't much actually. So Greenland is just like Denmark, right? In, in the way that Houses are houses, stores are stores, there are flat screens everywhere, people are, uh, are educated, most are bilingual in, in some sort of way. It's very much like mm. Denmark. What's what's different is, of course, the culture, but mainly the environment. Very different, very challenging environment. But the cities are the same. So my yeah. day-to-day would be the same. I would go to Brusen, um, uh, like we have in Denmark um, or Pacific, um, and buy my food, and and I'll go home to my apartment uh, and and live my life. There are some differences <laughs> in the north part of Greenland. You can have sled dogs, so I have some sled dogs. Other people have sled dogs. They're very nice. They're very handy. They're more like um, farm animals up here than pet dogs. Uh, they're used for work. So that's different, right? You you go and uh, somebody come pass you on a sled dog every day, stuff like that. That's different. But it makes sense. Most people, places you can't drive because it's so much snow, right? But but you can definitely take your sled. Snowmobiles too, everywhere. But my day-to-day would be I um, wake up. I go down to my job at the commune. And then I start responding to emails. I have this endless list of emails and assignments for the last five years. That's not done yet. And I, yesterday I just finished our plan for the next 12 years. Um, oh, we have to be like the politicians today are voting on that. Probably going to get a no. And then we'll revise it and send it in again. And we'll do that sometimes until we agree on something. Um but like in the summer, it's a lot of putting out fires, right? Somebody uh, calls you and we have this emergency right now. You have to take a chopper and fly out to this mine where we find found a hundred barrels of old oil from some American base or something. Or there's um, uh, some ship that somewhere gone down and there's yeah. oil or a sewer is blown out and, and you have to make environmental assessments. During the winter, where all industry kind of shut down, you can't sail that much. Most machines can't work in the cold. You can't build anything. You 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 have like where I am at least six months to to do all the theoretical stuff. Plan, plan everything. Plan the snow for next year. Plan the fishing, the pollution. The there's a lot of um, yeah, not manufacturers, mm-hmm. but like a huge fishing fabrica. What's that in English? Um, factories, fishing factories, M- massive things, easily run through 400 tonnage of fish, right? But you got to plan for all that. You got to plan for the roads, like um, the permafrost destroys the roads, like the ice under the roads will melt. Permafrost is supposed to be frozen water, like groundwater or water under the top layer which is ice. 
but mm. due to climate change, more and more of it melts um, every summer okay. and yeah. then refreeze during the winter, which make the ground crack and raise and fall and raise and fall, destroying buildings, roads. And you got to plan for that. You got to got to plan um, production um, and. And then you, every time you want to build or do something, you have to text the government and then you have to make an environmental um, decree going like, this is how much we'll pollute, this is what we'll pollute with, this is the season we will pollute in, this is the area we will use for pollution. We've got to fill that out with okay. a shit ton of technical detail and then we'll send it to the government, okay. which we'll have to approve. Okay, so there's a lot of like assessments you have to do when it comes to your work, definitely. So how, in what capacity you said uh, you use your kind of not designerly knowledge about processes and stuff in your work, how would you implement this? That's different mm -hmm. assignments, so it's so it's hard to explain. Um, but design sprints, for instance, helps a lot. Um, we had a lot of um, courses on the school where we worked in industrial design groups and we were all designers uh, of the same sort. But then we have these cross-disciplinary groups. We had them two or three times, I think. Um, and that's what you do every day. Like your job as a designer is somewhere between the engineer, the technical. We do have a lot of Excel log and spreadsheets and stuff. And then communicating that science to the politicians who are normal, ordinary people with a show, don't tell and, and human ways of illustrating stuff, but still with the technical knowledge of an industrial designer. And so there's that part and then lead design teams. You're not the leader mm -hmm. of the design team, but like at some point, the person behind me was an anthropologist and she was a leader for, of sustainability. And the person in front of me was an Arctic engineer. And my chief, he was like a real handyman and we had to present everything we made to some politicians. And sitting in the middle of that, I I was everywhere, right? I helped the, the Arctic engineer and I helped the anthropologists. Um, and and it all like came together in slides and reports and and designs that was then presented. Um it's really a 360 job. It is, like, yeah. You touch all the part of the process and I think it's really interesting that you can experience other uh, profession and other multi-professional uh, multi job you, you touch, like from the anthropologist to the Arctic uh, engineer. Did this, how much this um, experience make you grow up uh, professionally like a lot it's also it's a huge huge responsibility right um if you if your incineration plant goes down um you might have 500 people who can't go to the toilet because they need that specific incineration plant to to burn the the human waste and they live in a part where the the ice is frozen there are no sewer systems in place um, or you might have to to plan for like how the drinking water. Sometimes we are called by the people who runs the drinking water, and we are giving specific numbers on this kind of pollution is affecting it now, and we have a hard time cleaning for this. And then we have to plan and act, and then we talk to media and politicians about what can we do and how do we make sure to pollute less and stuff like that. Um, so it's a huge responsibility. 
it makes you grow in in your capabilities as the mediator between science production and people and like citizens mm. um, it also makes you grow in like you became come very creative economically also like you you find money places you didn't know how to find money and <laughs> when i was at the school we had a project for a company uh, i don't think i can na- na- name them but we had to do some rubber research for them and we made some products to make sure they made less rubber waste and that had a certain value to save that rubber over a certain amount of years like so to turn the waste into cash and that's kind of the stuff you do here, but with everything, with every breath, because everything is so expensive and there is so little money in the system. Um, so everything mm. is super creative solutions at all times. Okay, very interesting. I'm, I'm thinking that the climate change there in Greenland, uh, you can see it with your, with your eyes yeah. every day. H- how is it there, like, fighting the climate change? Like, how is the situation of the this green shift of the technology of our behave how does it impact the life there again this is this is a, a political subject so it is limited what i can say because i am not fighting climate change i am doing what the politicians tell me to do and politicians comes and go and some tells me to fight it some tells me to adapt to it um, and mm-hmm. adaptation to it is mainly what i do also Like, there are only 51,000 people in Greenland. It's very limited how much effect they really have on climate change here. Um, but but yeah. what the w- way the world affects it is, is very prevalent. If I sail with my family along the shores in our small boat, they will be like, oh, there used to be a glacier there my entire life, and now it's never there, not even in the winter, and, and there used to be a glacier there. And when you look at maps at the glaciers, it's like the glacier just 20 years ago have been for millions of years all the way out here. And now it's like 27 kilometers inland. Um, some of the melts, ice that melts now are several million years old ice. Like th- that ice haven't melted for millions of years. Um, but the main way we see it is rain. So Greenland is supposed to be a very dry, cold climate um, with lots of wind, sometimes snow, but not that much snow necessarily, more like cold and dry. And now it rains all the time. It kills the dogs. We have a huge problem with, with the rain. Like the sled dog is a strong breed, um, can, can, can run 1,600 kilometers back to back, meaning like uh, they, they maybe do it over a week where they sleep and run and sleep and run. Um, they're, they're real hardcore sleep outside in minus 40 degrees, but the rain, the rain kills them. Um, I think like right now survival is around 30% percent of the pups everything else is killed when it rains due to disease like parvo travels through the water according to our um, animal doctor is that what it's called yeah um, yeah veterinary yeah and um worms uh, travel through the shit of the dogs when it rains the swamp water infecting everything and they mm-hmm. freeze their coating is very very good to handle the snow but not the rain so minus 40 fine but a wet dog in zero that's that's uh, that's real cold yeah huh so there's a lot of uh, 
you see the effects when it comes to climate yeah, change. Yeah, it it affects our um, our um, uh, money too. So, for instance, during the summer, you cannot sail that deep into the glacier due to huge icebergs. But during the winter, mm -hmm. it freezes, and fishermen can ice fish in there. They can take their dogs or their uh, snowmobiles and drive in there during the winter, and they can fish on the ice. The ocean is the life of this place. But when it rains, we lose about two months. So that's the kind of new problems we are facing. So how can you, as a designer, work best with official policy and locals to provide solutions for these kind of things? Well, as an industrial designer, but also an, an official, I cannot have a political holding, uh, opinion. I can only work with it so far that I am asked to work with it. Luckily, I am. Okay. Luckily, I am. The politicians here have chosen uh, in Greenland, like the government of Greenland, have chosen to meet um, the emission standards of the EU and, and be part of that whole thing and going green and going sustainable and local production, recycling, um, product life enhancements, stuff like that. So in that sense, I am looking for solutions to problems that last for long and pollute less. What's important to understand, though, is that Greenlandic people, Inuit, are already amazing at living with less, right? You said write it on a post-it note in the beginning of this. But a post-it note to come here needs to travel 4,000 kilometers by ship. There are no trees here. Mm. We have no. We, we yeah. create no paper. Um, so we would never use a post-it notes if we could avoid it we don't print paper if we can avoid it some people do but mm. but here in the environmental department of the commune we don't if we do print we print on both sides and use it use it as drawing paper um and that's that's not because we can't afford it but but the environmental impact of importing all your goods and we have to import all our goods because you can't have kale or stuff here you can't grow stuff like that here um, means we are very aware of the way we use our resources. Um, and everybody is. So, yeah, you yeah. can't write anything on a post-it. Yeah. We are not going to ask you to write something. <laughs> but usually we would ask you to do yeah. this kind of summarize what we spoke about on a post-it. So how would you summarize this? I'll write it on my computer and send it to you. It's, it's fine. Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly. <laughs> Perfect. How, how would you summarize this, uh, this talk? Um, so I had to dig back to school to remember what I've learned and and see what I reapply. Um, mm -hmm. So so that was interesting because I do use a lot of stuff from school, theory wise. Um, and there's definitely a lack of industrial designers in this kind of position that gap the span between engineer and and being very human centered and having the human and the people in focus. A lot of practical solutions, less human solutions. We need more of that. So definitely industrial designers have a, have a place in this kind of position. I think in Denmark too, yeah. the same positions exist in Denmark. Um, the environmental knowledge. So I think it's been fun. It's been fun thinking back. Like use what you know. Yeah. Use your competences. Yeah. Okay, cool. Thank you for coming nice. on and speaking yes. with us. 
So, Marco, should we post it? Let's post it. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.